This is the Sports with Teeth podcast. Podcasting live, your hosts, Kyle Washington and Alex Warnicky. California, my partner in crime, Kyle Washett, joining us from on location in Flathead Lake, Montana. Great state of Montana, big sky country over there. Kyle, how's it going? It's going really good, man. I'm uh, sitting up here. I'm actually podcasting on the deck of uh, our good friend's house that we're staying at on the lake here. Uh, I got the sun going down to my left uh, and some islands out to the straight ahead. So it's an unbelievable sight uh, to do a little podcast in here. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, if you hear, if you you hear some waves in the background, you know, that might be from the lake kind of spa- splashing in here. Yeah, <laughs> you know what else is not bad? It's game week. Oh, it's game, it's week, game baby. week, baby. Woo! Woo, we finally made it. Football season is upon us. Huskies wow. taking on the Warriors from Hawaii uh, this Saturday. I believe the game starts at 7 or 7.30 7. on uh, CBS Sports Network. Yes, sir. Um, it's, it's exciting. It's a great time. Great time of the year. Always it's love it. very great time of the year. Today we're going to be talking all about the Huskies. Uh, we're going to give you some latest breaking news, a position breakdown going into the year, everything you need to know to be the smartest Husky fan out there. Uh, all your friends are going to be very impressed after listening to this one with all the knowledge that we're dropping on you. Yeah, absolutely. And be sure you guys uh, give us a follow at uh, sportswithteeth at, at gmail.com is our email address. You can follow us on Twitter at sportswithteeth, and you can find us on the Facebook at the Sports with Teeth Podcast. Uh, just type that in your search bar up there. Give us a like. Uh, shoot us some comments. Send us some emails. Send us some uh, Rate us five stars on iTunes. Everything. Give us some love, y'all. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the Husky talk, uh, War, you had kind of an interesting week this week, huh? Here there was maybe an earthquake yeah, think, around there? Yeah, we, we, we both had a little bit of an interesting week, but uh, mine got kind of started off on Saturday night. Uh, 3.30 a.m., 6.0 earthquake, uh, just just east of Napa up there in uh, wine country in Northern California. Felt it pretty strongly down here in San Francisco. Uh, just shook me out of bed, 3.30 in the morning, didn't know what was going on, uh, kind of got up. Uh, surprisingly difficult to put on pants when the ground's shaking. <laughs> uh, found that out the hard way. Nice. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was a little bit scary. Uh, decided I would just go ahead and uh, cut my losses and stay up. Uh, there was an English soccer game that I wanted to watch that morning anyway, yeah. so stayed up through that and then uh, passed out once that was done and slept until about... One o'clock uh, in the afternoon on, on Sunday. So <laughs> nice. So uh, uh, not too bad. Everything okay there? All good. Yeah, yeah. There's some devastation up in Napa, and uh, our thoughts up with those people up there, uh, going through some pretty bad property damage and uh, loss up there. Wow. Uh, I don't think anybody lost their life, which is That's always, always great. To hear. Great to hear. So how, how um, far so, how far was your uh, your place from the epicenter there? Uh, you know, I don't know the exact mileage. Um, I, Napa is probably about hour and a half drive, okay. uh, and as the crow flies, it's shorter because it's a you know above the bay up there, and you got to go over the um, Golden Gate Bridge. So, um, it, I mean, we're relatively close, and I mean, I've we my entire house felt it. Uh, all the roommates got up and everything, and wow, yeah, That's crazy. scary thing, scary, crazy scary thing. stuff. Um, you you had a little bit of an interesting. Uh, animal encounter this weekend too why don't you tell listeners about yeah that? so uh, i got done with finals on uh, last friday and headed out here to uh the big sky country and we're uh, yesterday in uh flathead here we're getting some jet skis out and uh pull off the cover off this jet ski and all of a sudden this bat like falls like a, a bat like a flying black little bat uh falls down on top of my foot and bites my foot and uh, this bat was like really sickly looking, and it was really kind of scary because of the, obviously the uh, concern over rabies. Uh, and bats are like the number one carrier of that here in the lower 48 states. So 
real scared about that, so we call the ER. We end up having to go up about an hour and a half drive around the lake up to Kalispell and uh, spent my uh, first day of vacation in the uh, ER waiting uh, to get some shots to uh, vaccinate me for rabies. Uh, so, yeah, ended up ended up getting pumped full with about 11 cc's of human rabies immunoglobulin, a uh, little rabies vaccine, and uh, I was on my way fine, but, uh, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty spooky deal. Uh, everyone's calling me the Batman now, so I don't know if that one was going to stick, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I might have a new nickname here. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get the theme music for uh, for a drop for you next week. Yeah, looks in the Batman. Yeah, so uh, also there, anyone? If uh, I learned a lot about rabies and the rabies protocol, so uh, if you ever encounter a bat and it even just touches you, uh, I'd recommend going in and getting checked out because. Uh, you actually contract uh, rabies and start showing symptoms uh, there's only been like three people ever that have survived so you don't mess around with that rabies stuff if you uh, any any chance encounter or any anything go to that ER and get get fixed up just a little public ser- our, little public service weekly, announcement for all you guys weekly weekly did you know section uh, our segment of the program here <laughs> yeah. uh, all right Kyle we all right, uh, on to important things weekends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some interesting weekends, but I think we've all been, uh, I mean, we've been thinking about it for weeks now, weeks on end. Um, uh, it's yeah. finally time to talk about uh, Husky football. Uh, let's start out with uh, a big announcement that came out last week. Uh, I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, Washington announcing some future schedule changes. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. No longer playing Wisconsin That's... in a home-and-home, which I was pretty upset about. I was really looking forward to heading over to Madison to jump around and experience that college atmosphere. Um, yeah, they always, talk, they always talk about Camp Randall being one of the number one places to go for a college football game in, in the country, and uh, to have that one wiped off our schedule is a huge bummer in my opinion. Uh, you know, we're yeah. going to have to find another time, pick another game to go out there, because that's, that's, that's a site that we're going to have to go see. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're just going to have to wait for it another time. Replacing that Wisconsin's uh, home-and-home series is another home-and-home with BYU, Husky Stadium in 2018, and then in Provo in 2019. Um, kind of a letdown uh, in terms of scheduling an opponent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Super boring, in my just, opinion. I mean, we've played them, played them three times in the last uh, what, five or so years. Uh, you know, it's, I, I don't see what we gain by this playing a non uh power five conference uh team you know so who knows i mean byu might be in a power five conference by then but we'll see i don't know i'm not super super pumped about switching out wisconsin for byu although the next series we're going to talk about i am i'm quite pumped about yeah just to go back to to the byu series for a second it's probably hard for the athletic department i mean i know a lot of schools schedule five ten years in advance um already so it it might have been a little bit difficult for them to schedule a power five team um especially with people not really knowing how power five conference games are going to yeah. really or out of conference it's games are going to affect your playoffs right standing. Now. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll see as the next couple of years go through, like mm-hmm. how that strength of schedule is going to be uh, reflected in the playoff standings. Yeah, d- um, definitely. The next series that they announced is a big one. Uh, I'm really excited about this one adding a home-and-home with Michigan in 2020, and uh, that that's going to be at Husky Stadium, and then the big house in Ann Arbor in 2021. Uh, awesome, awesome choice of a series, renews the rivalry uh, that we had back in the 90s. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this series, Kyle? Yeah, lots of history between these two programs, playing for Rose Bulls multiple times. Uh, you might remember, I remember, the last last time we had a home-and-home with these guys was in 2001-2002, uh, two very eventful games. Uh, 2002, our last meeting with them in the big house. Huskies are up by one with six seconds left. Uh, and we get a 12-men-on-the-field penalty, 15-yard penalty, puts Michigan into field goal range. They get a walk-on kicker, boots the game-winning 44-yarder, 31-29 Wolverines, and a brutal opener of the 2001 or 2002 season. Uh, 2001, uh, in Husky Stadium, we actually won the game. Uh, 
uh, 23 to 16, I believe. And it, but the score was 12 to six with nine minutes left in the game. And Rock Alexander returned a uh, blocked field goal for a touchdown to give us the lead. Followed by 51 seconds later, Amari Lowe taking a pick to, pick six to the house. Uh, one of the loudest times you'll ever hear Husky Stadium was that day. Uh, it was like a early September game, sunny day, uh, just gorgeous atmosphere. That's that's the kind of game that that uh, Husky Stadium's been needing for a while. And uh, hopefully, hopefully this game and some of the some of the other games to come, hopefully this season will will provide that at, at Husky Stadium. Yeah, that'll be uh, if my math's correct. That'll be about year five of Chris Peterson's tenure mm-hmm. uh, at Washington, and that's kind of the time when I mean you're really hoping the Huskies are going to be challenging for a national championship. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, at least a Pac-12 championship. So that could be an extremely exciting matchup. Uh, you know, similar to this uh, Oregon Michigan State matchup that we have in Week Two this season. You know, uh-huh. to two conference title contenders uh, facing off. Love that. So uh, here's hoping that that'll be a good one. Um, yeah. Right on. Should be awesome. Right on. Well, let's get to let's get to some uh, Husky current news uh, that, instead of future news. The big news uh, coming out last Friday or Saturday. I forget when, what day it was. But Jeff, Jeff Lindquist is going to be the starter against Hawaii. Uh, obviously not uh, not officially the starter for the whole season with Siler Miles uh, suspended for that first game and looking to come back in week two. We'll see how that plays out still. Uh, the door's being left open. But right now, you know, it's Jeff Lindquist's job, uh, and he's got, a, he's got a big opportunity coming up here this Saturday to uh, really take hold of that job and uh, run with it, you know? Yeah, uh, Coach Peterson announcing that he uh, wins the spot over Troy Williams. Um, good to see the local kid get get a start for the Huskies. Yeah, the first, uh, first 206 are to start uh, for the Huskies since Isaiah Stanback. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's, I mean, that's great news. Uh, we'd love to hear that. Um, I don't know if you really call Jake Walker uh, – a, a local or yeah, not. He's, I mean, he's pretty knows. local. I guess he's not 206, but yeah, he, I, we, I guess he's probably local. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll count. We'll, <laughs> we'll count, count Jake in that. Okay. He's, a, he's a favored son of Washington state. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So that, that's uh, good to see. Uh, it'll be interesting uh, to see how Linquist manages the game. Um, you know, whether he can really excel against Hawaii and possibly put his name in there to start the second game against Eastern mm-hmm. Washington or, um, or, you know, if he, plays just well enough to get the Huskies the the win and then uh Siler Miles comes back and um and takes the dogs from there hopefully not not playing very well and then having Troy Williams have to jump in there so um you know three different ways that this could all wrinkle itself out um but definitely a big storyline to watch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, he was kind of the he wasn't the, really the favorite to get the job, but he performed well in a lot of scrimmages this fall and uh, was a good leader out there. And he it basically came down to him making less mistakes with the football and not turning it over. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's going to be uh, going to be fun to watch. Uh, how about that uh, press conference today from Chris Peterson? What did he gain anything out of that? Yeah, Chris Peterson's first uh, in season big press conference today listen to it on kjr uh this morning um there are a couple couple of cool things he talked about um had a lot of really good things to say about buddha baker which is uh, fantastic to hear um said he's bringing amazing intangibles to the table this season uh you know, coming in as a true freshman, said he's a good person. He's super locked in at practice, in the weight room, uh, in team meetings. Um, sounds like he's already separating himself as a leader, and uh, could be, you know, could be one of those game changers that oh, that really sure. changes the pro the program. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, the uh, program mentality. Mm-hmm. He's a true freshman coming out of Bellevue. For those of you who who uh, have been under a rock for the last six months. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he was committed to Oregon originally, flipped over to us. Uh, Chris Peterson's, you know, prized recruit here in his first class. He's going to be starting at uh, safety for us, and he's also going to be returning kicks in the, as the depth chart was announced today. We'll get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, he's, he's done everything uh, you could ask for out of a, out of a rookie guy coming in. So uh, that's, that's fun to see, man. Yeah. And then uh, – Coach Peterson went on to kind of talk about Hawaii and uh, how the game's going to go this weekend over in Honolulu. Um, obviously talked a lot about Jeff Lindquist uh, getting the starting job. Um, says that he's not really envisioning anything in terms of how Jeff Lindquist is going to perform on Saturday because it's kind of an unknown. Um, he's saying he's completely prepared to throw in Troy Williams if things go 
don't go as planned. Um, so it sounds like Jeff might be on a relatively short leash uh, against Hawaii. So that'll be interesting to see as we talked about. Yeah, um, yeah you know, you that, know, I heard that. heard him talking about that too, and I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think he really is going to. He basically said in naming the starter a week before the game that he really wants. Uh, you know that guy to not be looking over his shoulder, and if he makes one bad play in the first series of the game, he's not going to be, you know, uh, you know, he's not going to be putting in the next guy and yanking him. He's not going to have a quick hook there. So I, th- I think Lindquist is going to get get the full go for the the whole game, uh, and we're playing a, against a Hawaii defense who's very bad. I mean, last year they they gave up 494 yards per game. So I I think I think this is going to be a great great situation for Jeff to step in, uh, get his toes wet, get a little confidence going. Uh, I think he's going to perform pretty well in this situation. Yeah, and talking about that Hawaii defense, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit more later, but um, Coach Pete also, you know, saying a, a little bit of coach speak, you know, he wasn't going to bring up that they gave up 400-plus yards mm-hmm. of offense uh, per game last year, but uh, he said that, you know, they have a new defensive coordinator, so they're going to probably change their defensive scheme completely. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to tell on film uh, with a different guy at the helm uh, what they're going to do. And then also he he was talking about how Norm Chow is just uh, a phenomenal offensive mind, yeah. uh, was part of that USC offense down with Steve Sarkeesian and Pete Carroll and uh, Lane Kiffin down there at USC mm-hmm. um, for all those years. So. Uh, he doesn't quite have the horses he, at uh, Hawaii that he had at USC. When you're talking about a Reggie no. Bush and a Lendell White and a Mike Williams and all these all these unbelievable NFL talents, so uh, yeah. a little bit so, different situation. But knows, yeah, he is a great exes. Who knows guys. how much of that is just Coach Peterson just keeping stuff close to his chest? But um, I'm sure he's got he's got a little bit of a drop mm-hmm. on the Warriors over there. Um, last couple notes, he said. Uh, you should expect confusion from the guys uh, out in their first game. You know, it's kind of hard changing from system to system, um, coach to coach, how they want you to prepare for their uh, game day atmosphere. Um, the Probably the mentality will be a little bit different in the speech before the game, mm-hmm. um, you know, just being where you need to be. So um, we'll see. Hopefully they won't face too much adversity, but it might not be the worst thing in the world if these guys kind of have a trial by fire a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, maybe it helps them out for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I, I kind of like how it sets up for us. We're going to Hawaii week one. You know, you get to get your guys on the road. You learn how the new staff, uh, you know, likes you to, you know, what your curfew is going to be, what do how what our schedule is on game day. You kind of learn that on the road uh, against an opponent that shouldn't give us too many problems. Uh, you know, kind of just like almost like a little dress rehearsal. So hopefully it ends up being that and uh, we're not too challenged too much during the game, but maybe a little adversity uh, wouldn't wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him. Absolutely. And then one final point that I wanted to bring up from the uh, Coach Peterson press conference uh, this afternoon was that he uh, talked about Siler Miles and how he's progressed um, since joining the Huskies at fall camp. Um, said he's really impressed with the way Siler Miles has uh, approached his position from an intellectual standpoint, which is really refreshing to hear. Um, I think a lot of people had a little bit of a, um, a fear that Siler was, since he missed all of spring practice, he wasn't getting all that time with the playbook, um, wasn't getting all the time with the offensive coaches and their concepts. Um, so it's really good to hear, you know, he's saying he's got great memory. He's remembering concepts from last season and applying them to this offense. Um, so that's really awesome to hear out of uh, Coach Peterson. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, it's, Those are interesting comments. I think I, I might break down, those down a little bit more when we talk about the quarterbacks in our depth chart Husky preview. Um but first, I think uh, you know I'm I'm pretty thirsty. War, how about you? Yeah, it's been a long. I'm it's, too. it's been a long day. Uh, crack one with us, folks, and here we go. When you need that frothy refreshment, it's time for Sports with Teeth Beer of the Week. Give me a cold beer here. Oh man, that's good. Beer of the Week. Beer of the Week. Uh, yes, it's the return of Sports with Teeth Beer of the Week. Uh, third weekly installment of this show. 
Uh, feels like we've been doing it forever, though, uh, <laughs> talking about our favorite beers and uh, the beers we're drinking this week. Kyle, why don't you go ahead and uh, start us off with uh, the frothy refreshment in your glass. Ooh, it's a frosty glass. Uh, I got a great brew tonight. It's a special one, too. Uh, going on vacation here on the road, uh, I decided to go with a non-Washington beer, a, no- a beer that's not distributed up there, uh, one that ev- that I always get when I go on vacation to a state that it's uh, it's sold in. It's uh, Odell's Brewing out of Fort Collins, Colorado. It's their mercenary double IPA. It is a fantastic beer. Um, Odell's is, this brewery is one of my favorite breweries. Uh, all their beers I've sampled have been unbelievable. Earlier today on the on the boat, uh, I had a little bit one of their session ales, a little lighter alcohol percent. Right now I got the double IPA the 9.3%, 70 IBUs, just a, a smack right in the face of uh, hoppy flavor. Uh, it's, uh, it's named Mercenary after Mercine, which is a component in the essential oils of the hops. So just a nod to the those hops and in this beer just really really uh gets after you with that uh just a pungent aroma and uh, a great 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 uh taste of the hops and just a full-bodied uh everything you want in a double ipa fantastic beer also it will knock yeah, it will knock you on the floor too if you have too many of these uh which is <laughs> which is good and bad <laughs> yeah when you get into those double ipas man it's you just get that bitter smack in the face and just kind of grips you right in the right in the back of your your neck right there um kind of down the throat just feels like a feels like a dog's just biting on you <laughs> yeah right there uh <laughs> the uh good this good this feeling. brewery odell's uh you know if you're in idaho or arizona um colorado wyoming any of those states uh you, you gotta get it it's uh it's unbelievable uh any of their beers especially their regular ipa this uh double ipa and their session ale loose leaf um they're all, all great beers highly highly recommended from uh from me yeah what are you, what are you drinking uh, brother I'm drink- yeah i'm uh i'm going a little bit lighter than you are um i'm going with the dream machine india pale lager uh out of magic hat brewing company in south burlington vermont so I'm going all the way up to the northeast for this one. Uh, picked it up at from our good friends at Bevmo the other day. Uh, 5.7% alcohol by volume. Um, not IPL, uh, kind of not a very popular uh, type of beer to brew right now. Uh, right now, it's all about the IPAs and that super hoppy, uh, you know, very in-your-face flavor. Um, but I don't mind the IPL. Uh, it's got. You know, it's got a little bit of a lighter hop flavor. You still get the hops in in your palate, but it's not like it's you know assaulting you uh, through your nostrils, which is uh, pretty cool and uh, and a good a good quality if you're trying to drink something a little bit less in your face. Um, mm-hmm. It's got it's got a little bit of a taste of uh, you can you can really sense the wheat and the malt in the beer as well. Okay, um, yeah, you're gonna get that with a lager more for sure. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely for. The less beer-inclined listeners, um, the difference between ale and a lager real quick is an ale is brewed at warmer temperatures, a lager brewed at colder temperatures. So um, you don't get as much of the uh, of the diffusion of some of the ingredients, mm-hmm. um, and it makes for a little bit more mellower taste yeah. uh, and, and a little bit lighter beer. So, um, But overall, fantastic beer. Um, I've loved drinking it all week. Um, had a few on uh, Saturday um, outside, really nice weather, um, so perfect perfect beer to, to drink in the afternoon or the daytime. Um, Definitely. Going to be a solid choice. Right on. Well, that was our Beer of the Week segment. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, remember to send us in uh, ideas for what beer we should be tasting next. And now, without further ado, let's get on to, uh, to our Husky season preview, uh, a little position breakdown. Uh, you want to start us off with Quarterbacks War? Yeah, so uh, Huskies releasing their first depth chart today. Um, starting out with the quarterbacks, I mean, we've talked about it already a little bit. Jeff Lindquist is going to be the uh, starter for week one against Hawaii. Uh, Troy Williams is going to be his backup and the only backup on the roster technically uh, for that game, although I'm sure Siler Miles will be in attendance, mm-hmm. uh, probably won't be suited up for that game. And then uh, all signs have been pointing to the fact that Siler Miles is probably going to be named the starter for week two against Eastern Washington. But again, still not named. Um, anything can happen. So uh, 
Jeff Linquist out of Mercer Island. He's he's the uh, horse you're riding in on. So uh, you better better take him all the way to the finish on Saturday. Yeah, and and we've we've seen from a lot of comments from Peterson in the last week or so. You know, he's he's been really praising Miles and Linquist as well, all the quarterbacks. But you know, really has kind of talking about Jeff as well. He's not going to turn it over for us. You know, hasn't really been like effusive with his praise of Linquist. So I think if Linquist wants to keep this job past uh, this first week, he's going to have to go out there and really perform. If he performs average, mediocre, you know, I think Miles is going to end up end up taking the reins from him and being our starter going forward. But if, if Lindquist does come out there and throw for 300 yards and, you know, it's like, you know, 20 of 27 or something, you know, with couple touchdowns no picks uh no turnovers i think i think it's gonna be hard to hard to really take the ball away from him uh for that second game but you know he's gonna have to go out there and step up big time and perform uh at aloha stadium there in week one if he wants to retain the job as a starter absolutely um we've kind of covered the quarterback situation um in depth here yeah. uh, let's move on to uh the running backs um sounds like it's going to be a little bit by committee but uh some interesting uh, kind of verbiage and way the way that this depth chart is uh, has been released. Uh, what do you what do you see on this running back depth chart? Yeah, uh, Dwayne Washington listed first, uh, but it doesn't really list a starter. It says Washington or Coleman or uh, Jesse Callier or uh, Cooper. So they basically just didn't didn't. There's not a first team and a second team guy. They're all going to play. They're all going to get you know five six carries a game with Washington maybe getting ten or twelve. Um, but you know, basically, Peterson in his conference said it's kind of like a seeding chart, not a depth chart. Um, just kind of where their where the pecking order is now. But uh, you know, I think Washington's going to get a lot of the a lot of the carries, um, and I think he's everyone says he's one of the better guys in pass protection. So that'll be interesting to watch that. Um, so yeah, I think all the guys are going to play. Um, and the, and the key here, too, uh, we've talked about Shaq Thompson possibly getting some carries at some point in the season. I wouldn't expect him to get some, uh, probably not in the non-conference at all, until we get into that conference and it's really needed. We don't want don't to tip our hat too soon, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, interesting to see that he kind of he seeded the running backs. Um, I think you're going to see Dwayne Washington out there for the first offensive snap. And then after that, it's pretty much anybody's ball game. Um, Peterson in his press conference again today saying that um, all these guys are most likely going to play. Um, so it'll be kind of a revolving door back there. But, um, you know, hopefully, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing if one of the, if one of the running backs, excuse me, uh, doesn't, you know, separate himself in this game. Um, as long as they perform well as a group, uh, that, that yards rushing by running backs is going to be an interesting stat to keep, keep an eye on. Um, and we'll see who can make some explosive plays out of the backfield. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Catching the football is going to be important as well. Some of the screen game, Peterson's been known to do that with his running backs, uh, especially Doug Martin comes to mind at Boise State, of catching the ball out of the backfield. So, see, I think all the, all the guys have, have you know been, been pretty good at that, and they've been drilling that pretty hard. So, But uh, blocking for these uh, running backs and quarterbacks is going to be our offensive line. Uh, returning uh, all of our starters, including 124 starts, previous starts um, from these guys. That's the fifth most returning starts on offensive line in the country. There's a huge stat. Uh, they always talk about that stat uh, in you know predicting kind of a jump from mediocre to a very good team. So uh, I think that bodes well for us uh, up on the offensive front. Yeah, going across the line here, you've got Micah Hatchie. Uh, he's a senior. You've got Dexter Charles, a junior. Uh, Colin Tanagawa, he's a senior. James Atoe, he's a senior. And then uh, at right tackle, Ben Riva, who's also a senior. So you got four seniors and a junior uh, along that offensive line. Um, that's you know that's a recipe for success, no matter where you are. Yeah, and interestingly enough, uh, Colin Tanagawa started guard for us last year. He now moves into center, beating out uh, incumbent center Mike Christ. Uh, interesting, interesting move there uh, by our Chris Strasser, our offensive line coach. Uh, Mike Christ going into the season was on the preseason Remington Watch Award list for the best center in the country, and uh, he ends up being second on the depth chart there. As we've had other guys step up, and you know, it's one of those things where with the new coaching staff, they're really reevaluating everyone and uh, where they're going to be the best at. So, I mean, when we got a, a guy that's on the on the preseason, you know, best center in the country watch list, and he's going to be in our two deeps, uh, that bodes well for the the depth of our team. And we've seen uh, guys, you know, switching positions. They know how to play multiple positions on that offensive line, which can be great uh, if you uh, get a couple injuries and start have to ju- juggling those guys around. 
Yeah, and uh, it, it kind of seems like uh, we're going for a little bit more of a, a streamline, a little bit more athletic offensive line than, um, say, a big, you know, pound-it-down-your-throat offensive line. Uh, Colin Tanagawa listed at 292 as opposed to uh, Mike Christ's uh, 316. So maybe he's, you know, just playing a little bit more for that uh, that athletic, speedy offensive lineman well, um, as opposed to the guy who's just going to push people around yeah, necessarily. I don't know exactly if that was the, the case there, but then they have talked about, though, that these guys uh, have all put on 15 to 20 pounds from last year. Um, so I might have to disagree with you there. I think the new coaching staff wanted to bulk these guys up uh, because I think there was a there's a philosophy under under Sark that they wanted guys that were you know a little slimmer, um, but now they're they're kind of trying to put on some more muscle and you can be playing up at you know the three. 330-340 range versus the 300 range uh, as long as you're still still keeping agile. So these guys have beefed up in the offseason. They're going to have a great year uh, leading the way for our running backs and quarterbacks. Uh, and those quarterbacks are going to be throwing to the wide receivers. What are they calling themselves these, this year, War? Yeah, I believe they're calling themselves the Legion of Zoom, the LOZ. LOZ, a little tip of the cap to the Legion of Boom from the Seahawks. Who might be in that LOZ for us this year, War? Yeah, so list on this depth chart, um, you've got a ton of great talent across the board. Um, the starters that we've got listed right now are uh, Marvin Hall, uh, Jadon Mickens, and then DeAndre Campbell. Um, the interesting thing is that you've got John there. Ross. <laughs> yeah, a little bit surprising. Uh, you've got John Ross listed as uh, the second uh, behind Jadon and DeAndre. And you've got Kaysen Williams listed as the second behind Marvin Hall. So uh, that's a little bit interesting. I don't think a whole lot of people were... Uh, really expecting it to be like that um but again all these guys are going to get playing time um i don't know if this depth chart really means that these guys are you know first and second or first and third or you know who knows Um, yeah well it's probably a little bit more situational than that i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that case williams still a little bit hobbled from that injury uh not quite 100 percent. he's going to be playing but uh they did put Marvin Hall, who's, who's played well in camp, uh, ahead of him, So at least for the first game. But it's pretty clear that if Cason Williams healthy, he's going to be in that number one spot outside there. Uh, Jadon Mickens uh, in the slot receiver. He had 65 catches last year for 688 yards. Uh, had a great breakout year as a sophomore. He's going to be a junior this year. He'll be playing in that slot. And I think just the way they list the depth chart, they have Ross uh, behind him because they both play the same position. But, you know, we're going to see a lot of a lot of three, four receiver sets where there's going to have two slot receivers on the field. So you're going to see a lot of John Ross, an absolute burner. Uh, Jadon Mickens got a lot of agility. Um, you know, I think I think Kendall Taylor is a guy that, that could sh- uh, show flashes this year. Uh, he redshirted last year after playing as a true freshman. Um, so and DeAndre Campbell, remember him? Uh, he he ended up uh, basically quitting the team and saying he was done after last season. But uh, the new coaching staff got him back in, had a great spring, and uh, it's a testament to him of his resiliency uh, to come back and um, really really show the new coaching staff what he can do and get named the starter for week one. Yeah, absolutely. While we're on the topic of wide receivers, um, I felt like feel like it will probably be okay to um, also list who are going to be the return men uh, for this game. Uh, looks like John Ross is going to get uh, most of the kickoff returns, and then Jadon Mickens is going to be your guy returning punts. Um, John Ross, we all remember from that electrifying uh, kickoff return for a touchdown in the Kraft Fight Hunger Bowl last year uh, against BYU. Uh, just left everyone in his dust, which uh, was great to see. Blazing um, speed be from John Ross third. There's a lot of speed in those uh, specialist returners right there. Yeah, so, uh, going to be back there alongside of John Ross is going to be a uh, true freshman Buda Baker. Um, and, you know, and he's going to be electric when they, when he touches that football. And Eastern religions, they always talk about, you know, you touch the Buddha and you feel that electricity, feel that karma. I think when uh, Buddha Baker touches the football, Husky Stadium is going to feel that electricity from him. Yeah, really interested to see him on the field no matter where he's at. Um, he's going to have... A big impact. Yeah, I think that the uh, thing they the thing they need to worry about with him is uh, is just almost overextending him. You know, he might be a gunner on the punt coverage team. You know, he's going to be playing all these all these different positions. It's almost you need to take a step back. Okay, this guy is still only you know 19 years old, 18, 19 years old, true freshman. We let's uh, you know step back a little bit. But he's just too explosive a player, and uh, you know too just too intriguing to to keep him off the field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
I mean, we're it's going to be a little bit difficult for him. Uh, Coach Peterson also talked about Buddha in the press conference today. Um, as we said, you know, he's he said he could play almost every special team that you want out there, and then on top of that, uh, you know, he's going to be starting on defense. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how how he adjusts to the speed of the college game, mm-hmm. uh, just coming in as a true freshman out of Bellevue. So. Uh, we'll we'll see on those first couple series, um, you know how he progresses, and then really you want to pay attention a lot to him in the fourth quarter and just you know make sure that his conditioning is up mm-hmm. uh, up to snuff with the rest of the with the rest of the team, and he's playing at a high level. Yeah, yeah, and back to the punt returner, Jadon Mickens, a very agile guy. Uh, you know, lots of juke ability. I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going to call it a word here on the podcast. <laughs> uh, he's got very steady hands uh, in the slot, the receiver. Um, you know, he returned a couple kicks for us last year. Uh, I think Marvin Hall, who re- had some great returns, especially when I think one against Cal last year, uh, he's going to get a chance as well uh, as the number two on there behind Mickens. So uh, look for both those guys to, to be fielding kicks for us uh, coming up this season. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's move on here. Let's uh, round out the offense with the tight end position. Uh, Coach Peterson uh, trying to replace uh, what is probably irreplaceable in Austin Safarian Jenkins uh, at the tight end position. Uh, what does he have lift- listed on here, Kyle? Yeah, you know, uh, Josh Perkins, Michael Harvinson are listed number one on the depth chart, kind of co- coherent or concurrently. Uh, they're both going to see a lot of time. We're going to have a lot of multiple tight end looks. Uh, you know, Peterson, one thing it's, it's going to be a similar offense, I think, to, to Sarks, where he's going to have a lot of formations and, uh, you know, where you get multiple tight ends, multiple slot receivers and lots of substitutions there. So these guys are all going to play. Um, you know, uh, the other guy to watch there is Daryl Daniels. He dazzled in fall camp. When I went, went to practice, he caught that 50-yarder from Williams. Uh, he's He just seems to have a knack for the big play, and I think I think he's going to be critical. Even though he's he's listed as third on that depth chart, I, I look for him to to really jump ahead. And I mean, I guess I haven't seen as much of him as much of these tight ends as uh, the coaching staff has, but but uh, he'll be he'll be a, a good ball player. Uh, Daniels and Perkins are both converted wide receivers, so they're going to be more the the pass catching split out tight ends in the Y set. Um, and Hartvinston's going to be more your blocking kind of traditional tight end. So. So solid position group, very deep, um, and should look to be, uh, a, a, you know, it's like almost like our running backs, how we're replacing Sankey with the committee of running backs. We're kind of doing the same with uh, our tight ends, replacing ASJ with multiple guys that can all, you know, when combined we get the same kind of skill set that ASJ had from the three of these guys. Absolutely. Um so I think it's time to move over to the defensive side of the ball. Oh, our defense is um, going to be salty, War. I'm fired up about this this side of the football. Oh yeah, I'm 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 really excited to see how these guys perform, especially where we'll start with this preview uh, up on the defensive line, that defensive front. Uh, there's some beef up there, and uh, they're they're going to be really really tough to move. Yeah, uh, you look at uh, Hauli Kikaha, Danny Shelton, you got Evan and Andrew Hudson. All these guys are going to be factors here. Um, a solid, very deep group. You know, you got some young guys uh, in, in uh, Elijah Qualls, uh, JoJo Mathis. You know, you got a bunch of, bunch of people that are, are going to be challenging and have the depth of rotation. But, I mean, it starts and ends with Kikaha and Shelton up front. Absolutely. You've also got Will Disley coming out. Um, Listed as third. Oh yeah, he's a Montana boy. He's from this big sky country. I'm out at, in out here. Absolutely, he's a we'll cowboy. See if he gets that much playing time. I'm hoping that you know we'll be in the in the third and fourth quarter, being like, hey, put Disley in. Like, I want to see this kid play. Yeah, he's uh, gonna be fun to watch because we're up by about 90 points at that point. Uh, um, yeah, it shouldn't be an issue. I'll be look. I'll definitely be looking out for Disley. Um, he'll be fun. These Montana Cowboys know how to uh, how to mix it up down in the trenches hopefully he can show show us what that's all about absolutely uh i mean we've talked at length about uh kikaha and shelton um these guys are most likely going to be first team all pac 12 uh candidates and and selections Mm -hmm. by the time the season's over um really excited to see how they're going to get pressure on uh, on the quarterback over in Honolulu. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll talk about the linebackers. One guy, though, I think I want to mention, uh, Elijah Qualls, a uh, talented guy. Um, I'd look for him to be in that rotation in the second guys that uh, that could really show us something. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, how what what are, Do we have any linebackers coming back, War? 
Yeah, I, I think we have a few, um, a few good ones. Uh, <laughs> got John Timu and uh, and Shaq Thompson and Travis Feeney. I mean, all these guys got significant playing time last year. Um, uh, it's, I mean, that defensive front. I mean, I don't know where you attack them. I don't know how you attack them. No I don't know if you're even going to be able to see them. Um, I, there's literally no, no position that. I'm not confident in uh, in that front seven. Yeah, seriously. Uh, you look at interesting uh, Keyshawn Berea, uh, who's a redshirt freshman, also listed as a starter concurrently with uh, Travis Feeney. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see. He must have had a really good camp because, because you know we hadn't been hearing much about him uh, as as redshirt freshman, but. Uh, Coming in there, uh, challenging Feeney for that spot. You know, remember Travis Feeney? He was an honorable mention All Conference uh, linebacker two years ago, number forty-one. But last year, he lost a job to Princeton Fumayon Ono. So, however you say his name, I'm bad with names. Fumayon Ono. I'm bad with names. Where well, I'm really bad with names. Also, if you like <laughs> yeah, man, names, go, Pacific Islander ones. If you are, go back, if you like, if you like long names, go back and listen to our last podcast. We have a, quite the breakdown of all the names <laughs> in the Pac-12. Um, but Feeney, back to Feeney, I've always liked his talent and motor. Uh, you know, I think he's got to, if we can get him back to that 2012 form where he was awesome, uh, he should he should uh, have a huge year for us. And I, I, I expect him to, and I think he's going to end up winning that, that last linebacker spot to go along with Johnny Timu and Shaq Thompson, who, I mean, we've seen those guys, what they can do for the last two, three years. They're both just studs. Uh, Shaq Thompson's one of the, probably one of the top athletes in the conference, uh, along with, uh, you know, Miles Shaq going both ways. Drink. Absolutely, yeah. We'll be fun to see him uh, get in the offense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, really excited to see Shaq play. Yeah, let's move on. Let's finish, fi- let's, uh, finish let's up that second talk about the defense the, with the secondary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the secondary. Probably one of the most intriguing parts of this team this season. Um, got him listed as, obviously, you're going to have your probably first team all-conference, uh, Marcus Peters, uh, at that corner this season. Um He's going to be on one side. Uh, on the other side of the field, you're going to have Jermaine Kelly, a redshirt freshman out of L.A. Um, he's going to step in there and uh, beats out Nigel Hale and uh, Kevin King for that other side of the ball. Um, interesting to see how they're going to mesh and how they're going to meld. And then uh, up the middle, you've got Brandon Beaver and then uh, our boy Buda Baker, the f- true freshman out of Bellevue, uh, playing up top in that safety role. Um, what do you see out of these guys? And um, I mean, I know we've talked about them at length before, but uh, yeah, any any anything interesting? Definitely. Here? I mean, the the key here is going to be Marcus Peters. I mean, he's he well, not the key. I guess he's he's going to be solid. We know what we're going to get from him. He's going to lock down the those top receivers in the Pac-12 on each team. You know, ASU with a Jalen Strong is a solid wide. Out. Austin Hill from Arizona. You know, Keenan Lowe from Oregon. Ty Montgomery from Stanford. I think he's going to be able to neutralize the uh, opponent's best receiver, which is totally critical. Uh, especially when we got you know got that pass rush coming, so he's going to take a lot of the heat off of these other young guys. And then Jermaine Kelly on the opposite side, I think he's he's our most critical factor here on this defense as a redshirt freshman. Is he going to be able to come in there and show show what he's been doing in practice, locking down people? Um, Jermaine Kelly, look for him as a corner to be a real pivotal point on this defense for our team. Yeah, you talk about Marcus Peters locking down that number one receiver, and Seattle fans have you know seen how this kind of defensive scheme works. Mm-hmm. Where uh, from from the Seahawks, where Richard Sherman is, uh, I mean, he doesn't always lock down that number one receiver, but when you can get at least one of the receivers just absolutely locked down mm-hmm. on one side of the field or uh, in any position, that allows a lot of freedom for those other three yeah, guys I, in the secondary. I love I love that comparison more because Peters is a huge physical corner just like just like Sherman was and you know, he got thrown out of Fairmount last year. I think that's going to be kind of reminiscent of two years ago. Sherman got thrown at, made had a heck of a season, and last year you notice like no one's throwing at him. You know, he basically just shuts down that half of the field, that quarter of the field, third of the field, wherever he's at. Um, he shuts it down. The quarterback's just not going to throw at it, and so it basically takes away every time they call a play. The the quarterback has to limit his options because he's going to try and not throw at Marcus Peters, just like people do against Richard Sherman. And that's a huge, huge critical thing for the other people in that secondary. And obviously. 
Baker and Beaver aren't Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor, um, but they're they're both <laughs> both very talented, highly touted recruits who are going to develop. And I think uh, Jermaine Kelly being compared to something something like a uh, uh, Byron or yeah Byron Maxwell. Uh, the uh, the other corners opposite of Sherman, uh, you know, it, he's going to get picked on a little bit, but he's going to get a chance to prove what he can do, and because of that help from the rest of the secondary, I think Kelly's going to have a big year for us. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see how he uh, progresses and how he starts even um, against Hawaii, and just you know, he's going to like you said, he's going to get picked on. He's going to get a lot of action coming his way. Um, and he really needs to step up if this mm-hmm. secondary is going to um, do a lot to to protect um, that deep threat over the middle, um, out to the side. Uh, that's that's the one area where I think a lot of people are a little bit hesitant to call uh, the Huskies one of those elite defenses is that, that deep threat. So um, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii likes to air it out a little bit. I know that. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how they how they do covering there, and uh, hopefully. You know they won't have to worry about too much because they'll be getting a lot of help from that uh, defensive front. But um, it should be interesting. Yeah, overall I think this is going to be a good defense. Uh, our front seven, the linebackers and the D line, they're going to be as good as anyone in the conference and right up there in the top ten in the country, I believe. Uh, and if the secondary can give us some solid play, and it's going to be tough because we know we've talked about on our on our Pac-12 previews uh, how how tough the quarterbacks are in this conference. They're going to have to really grow up fast. And uh, if they if they can, which is a solid if, um, this is going to be a a defense that's probably our best defense since you know the the early two thousands, uh, which is going to be going to be critical for us. But you know, more offense and defense aren't everything. Or there's three phases to every football game: offense, defense, and the kicking game. Let's talk about the oh. let's talk about the kicking game here. Oh, we brought it back. Uh, my favorite, it's back. My favorite drops. Uh, I think I've, that, missed, that was, I've missed that, that drop. That was our first drop. That was a little ominous thing that I said during our first podcast, uh, followed by Stanford absolutely obliterating us in special teams. Uh, henceforth, the the ominous music at the end. But our special team this year, uh, we're going to be all right. Uh, you know, we lose a couple guys, and Travis Coons, uh, our kicker. Um, but you know, we got Cameron Van Winkle, a sophomore from Mount Sy. Coming in, he's going to take over the kicking duty. Um, he kicked off for us for the first part of last season before getting hurt. Uh, didn't do that great of a job, but, I mean, he's a true freshman. Sounds like he's been booting the ball pretty well in practice. Um, but, you know, practice uh, is hard to translate for a kicker just because of that pressure. You can simulate the pressure by, you know, if you miss this kick, then half the team has to run wind sprints or whatever. But it's hard to simulate, you know, game pressure when, when the game's on the line with two minutes left. Is he going to knock down that 41-yard field goal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Travis Coons really he he blossomed into uh, a really solid kicker for us last season uh-huh. after uh, struggling early in his career, um, to say the least. <laughs> and so, yeah, to say the least. God, I still Ugh. I still curse his name for that Apple Cup. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to think about that. Right now. <laughs> I don't know. Rinse that down with some IPA. Uh, Corey Durkey is going to be handling the punny duties. Uh, he blo- he booted boomed it during fall camp. Uh, you know, he, he's going to throw in that rugby-style kick, too, from time to time. Uh, you know, I, I, people were talking very highly about him, and I watched him, you know, in, on, on at practice, and really the only only kicks he wasn't booting were the ones that the coaches told him to kind of shank it just to see, just to give the, um, you know, the kick returners a good look at as far as fielding a non, you know, ideal punt with some guys in your face. So he should he should boom them get ball. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, he can do half the job that Keel Rass did. Uh, then we'll be in good shape. Yeah, punters are people too, Kyle. And uh, in this case, they're big people. Uh, Corey Ducre, or du- Durkey, sorry, yeah. uh, listed as 6'4", 230. Uh, that's, that's a large, large human being uh, at the punter <laughs> position. I'm going through the rest of this depth chart here. There aren't too many guys that are bigger than 6'4". On this team, so he's going to be one of the one of the bigger bigger uh, punters in the conference this season, and uh, gotta love you know, that. Hey, maybe that helps. Uh, well, yeah, I'm I mean, dying laughing over here at defense. the fact that you just said that punters are people too. <laughs> punters are people too, man. No, no, yeah. uh, no qualms about that one. I love my punters. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, kickers—they're not supposed to speak unless they're spoken to. But punters—they're real people. Yeah, no, <laughs> true, true, talented individuals. Hey, man, there's one in the Hall of Fame this year. 
Ray Guy went into the Hall of Fame this year, and so as far as I'm concerned, punters are people. Yeah, uh, definitely. Ray Guy, he knows how to party. I, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm just guessing. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, that's our, that's the position-by-position position breakdown. Uh, the schedule sets up pretty fav- favorably for the dogs. Um, uh, we're running a little short on time here, so we're not going to break it down too, too much for you. We've done that a lot. Uh, you know, you got the four non-conference games uh, at Hawaii, 7.30 this Saturday. The next Saturday, the 6th, we get Eastern Washington at home. A noon o'clock start, early morning start. We're going to be tailgating early for that one. Uh, that's going to that's oh, yeah. that's going to be an interesting ball game. Uh, you know, it's it's an FCS opponent. They're coming off a big victory over Sam Houston State in Week One this week. Um, they're going to be very good. Vernon Adams, great quarterback for them. Uh, not to be taken lightly, especially in lieu of the fact that they they almost came in two three years ago to Husky Stadium and almost darn near knocked off the uh, the Huskies in in Week One. Yeah, they are. Uh, they played as the opener last Saturday, and then uh, they get a bye week, so they're going to be healthy and refreshed and uh, coming in against the Huskies on September sixth. Uh, so that'll be an interesting that's, game. Again. That's you know that's like a bowl game for them coming to Washington across the state. Uh, you know they're they're going to be up for it. So the Huskies are going to have to be ready in that that uh, week week two showdown uh, against the in state team. So. You know, it's it's something where we have way more talent than them, and we should be able to beat them by 20 points, no problem. But you never know; it's all about showing up. And I think under Coach Peterson, there's not going to be as much of a risk of not showing up on game day than Coach Sark. And, and that's what we haven't talked about—the X factor. But you know, we've talked about all the positions and the players, but the new coaching staff. I think you're going to see a different uh, game day style and game management out of our out of our new coaching staff with Coach Peterson taking over. From Steve Sarkeesian, uh, in what I believe to be a solid co- uh, coaching upgrade. Yeah, sorry. Let me just uh, recant my statement from a little bit ago. They are actually are playing this Saturday against uh, Montana Western. Okay, so, there you go. sorry, Eags fans. Six oh five p.m. kickoff for that one. But uh, yeah, the the Eags are going to come in, and um, they're this is their only game against an FBS opponent. So. Um, you know they'll be hyped up yeah. for that one. And after Eastern, we get Illinois at home, a 1 p.m. kickoff on the 13th of September. Uh, Illinois uh, got their quarterback, uh, Wes Lunt, who's a transfer from uh, Oklahoma State, was uh, their starter there two years ago before getting beaten out by Clint Shelf last year. Transfers to Illinois. Uh, Tim Beckman struggled there as their coach, but uh, you never know with a, a good quarterback like that. We should be able to walk over them, but you know they're, they're, uh, it's a quarterback that's going to challenge our young secondary. Probably going to be a decent test for them. Uh, and then we get Georgia State at home as well um, in, in what should be a, a pretty much a bloodbath. That's their third year, I think, in uh, division or F, FBS, so uh, they're not too hot. So, But then uh, September 27th, uh, apparently there's a big game in town, I believe. Yeah, I'll be up there for that one. I'm uh, flying up for the Stanford game. Uh, Cardinal coming to Husky Stadium, uh, try and plant some roots down there, but uh, we're hoping the Huskies uh, chop those trees down a little bit. Uh, big game, possible game day, uh, you know, national ranking implications. Uh, I think everybody's circling that one on their calendar to, to see if the Huskies are the real deal and uh, also if Stanford is really going to challenge Oregon um, to for that conference title so um we'll see we'll see how that one goes and then and, after uh, after stanford one. which is going to be a physical game no doubt we get a bye before going on the road to cal on october 11th uh bottom feeders of the league should be fine there uh that'll be our sunny fir- dyke shark week man that'll, sunny dyke shark week <laughs> that'll be our first uh uh road conference game uh before going it'll be a good test uh, on the road before going the next week to oregon austin stadium on october 18th i know i'll be there working on you to drive up there uh we might have to do a uh live uh pregame show on that friday night live from eugene if uh if we end up both making it up there yeah maybe we can do it from the parking lot uh just tailgate uh maybe maybe we'll bring some some husky fans just from off the street that would that'd be a fun like, one that'd, that'd, be, be, a fun that'd be fun we'll, we'll have to put that together somehow uh after oregon we get another <laughs> tough one at home against uh, arizona state october 25th uh taylor kelly todd graham uh, DJ Foster, Jalen Strong, they got a lot of lot of good guys on that team, and uh, I know a lot of people aren't very high on Arizona State this year. I'm very high on them. I think their offense is going to carry them, and I think they're a threat uh, to beat us, and uh, luckily we get the, get that game up here in Seattle instead of down in Tempe uh, where we struggled mightily last year. 
Absolutely. Uh, that that uh, ASU game, got to circle that one on the calendar. Uh, you know, not the end of the world if we lose to Oregon, um, but, you know, as long as we beat Stanford. But uh, you don't want to fall uh, two in a row mm-hmm. in the conference. Uh, that pretty much puts you out of, out of contention for the Pac-12 North title there. So Yeah, definitely. And after, after Arizona State, we get, uh, we get to travel down to Boulder uh, for, to play the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, Mike McIntyre in his second year. Uh, November 1st, uh, that shouldn't be too tough a game, uh, but you never know going on the road. Late in the season, you could get some elements there in November. Might get some snow in Boulder. Um, uh, if anyone's going down to that game, remember the beer of the week uh, Fort Coll- from Fort Collins, Colorado <laughs> Odell's. Uh, you're going to want some of that for your tailgate. I was actually thinking about possibly going down to that one, and uh, I uh, have made contact with the brewer, the head brewer there about possibly getting a keg for the tailgate, so that's in the works. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Who we got next after that one? Uh, this one might be a big game. Yeah, yeah. No, this is definitely going to be a big game. Uh, got UCLA coming up to Husky Stadium. Uh, Jim Mora bringing the boys, bringing Miles Jack. Wait, hold on, hold on. Mm, mm, I already finished mm-hmm. mine, so. Yeah, yeah. Just just took the last little sip there uh, for the Miles Jack drinking game. That will be in full effect that week, by the way. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> can you refresh uh, got, everyone on the Miles Jack drinking game for as the season starts? Oh, it didn't didn't let an auto listen last year. We got a lot of new listeners. It's it's one of the better drinking games uh, we've ever created. It's very simple too. Uh, it's extremely simple. You watch an you watch an ESPN nationally televised football game, uh, which includes the Bruins out of Westwood down there, and it's it's very simple. You drink every time they say the name Miles Jack. Uh, therefore, the Miles Jack drinking game. <laughs> um, yeah. Good last, luck getting through the first season, quarter on that one. Yeah, it was brutal. Uh, I think I, I think I don't really remember a whole lot after, uh, after about the the two minute warning in the uh, first half. Uh, so, yeah, that Great game, time. that game mostly, you know, Miles Jacks obviously coming back to Seattle. The Bellevue kid going up against his high school teammate Buda Baker. Boy, that was an unbelievable Bellevue team. Uh, they ended up winning the national championship, number one ranked in the country that year. And you can see what those guys, as true freshmen, are doing at their their schools uh, in college. So that talent on that team was unbelievable. You've also got Jimmy Moore coming back up here. Uh, he, who knows if he was actually offered the job for the Huskies, but I think he was our number one choice. Uh, decided to stay at UCLA in what could be a national championship contending team this year. Um, and going up against Chris Peterson, that's going to be a fun one. Uh, Jimmy Mora obviously played for us and uh, coached here in the past, so uh, that'll be that'll be a heck of a ball game. That'll be his first uh, meeting against the Huskies as we've missed them in the last two years. Yeah, his first uh, his first trip up to Seattle mm-hmm. um, as a as a coach. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Then the next week uh, we're traveling down to the desert to Tucson in uh, the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, that will probably prove to be a really important game as well. Um, you've got two kind of big stretches on this schedule. It's those those two two-game little series between Oregon ASU and then uh, UCLA and Arizona. Um, I think those two, uh, two two-packs we've got going on there uh, could really spell out how the season's going to ultimately end up for the Huskies. Yeah, this this game at Arizona scares the hell out of me, War. Uh, that team is very, very tough on offense, and Rich Rod, you know, he's going to have them coming into form. Last season, you saw them shaky a little bit early, ended up knocking off Oregon late at home, you know, going to the desert. The Huskies haven't won in the state of Arizona in, uh, I believe, over a decade. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's been a while. I mean, we've we've gone down there and got our butts whipped uh, multiple times. Last year at Arizona State, a couple years ago at Arizona. Um, that game's tough. It's on paper, uh, I think we're more talented than they are, but you know, they're a team as well, kind of in our same boat where they had a decent season last year. They're looking to make a big jump, uh, and I think that game's going to be tough. And honestly, I'd be very, very excited if the Huskies were able to pull that one out. Yeah, then the uh, Huskies come back for... Uh, I'm not sure, but I would assume what I would assume would be homecoming against uh, Oregon State on November 22nd. Uh, Huskies obviously. I think ho- homecoming is actually the, the Arizona bees. State game, but homecoming doesn't really matter oh, okay. that much. So. I <laughs> didn't didn't know that. Uh, was making a hundred percent guess. So uh, there goes you know my, uh, fake it till you make it. Skills. Fake it till you make it, unless someone calls you out on it. <laughs> Absolutely, and you're always there to do that for me, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know it. Uh, yeah, Beavers got just absolutely annihilated last season uh, down at Research Stadium. Um, so they'll be looking for revenge, but um, 
again, you know, bringing Sean Mannion up, set the record last year for uh, most yards in a season. So, um, you know, and then the next weekend is uh, the Apple Cup Thanksgiving weekend again this year um, over on the Palouse. So going to have two two uh, aired out offenses to end the uh, – actually three aired out offenses to end the season. So um, hopefully the Husky defense can stay healthy and um, stay fresh for those games because, uh, I mean, we all know what can happen in the Apple Cup. It's, you know, yeah. throw the records out the window. Who knows what's going to happen yeah, you make, uh, you, when you face – You uh, make a good point Dallas there, more about, uh, you know, facing Oregon State and Wazoo in the end of the season. Those are teams that are solely based on the pass. So I think that's going to be critical for us, the way that schedule works out because of our young secondary, them getting some more game reps. By this time, they're going to have almost a full season under their belt. So they should, you know, conceivably be – um, you know, in position to be more experienced and be better, better equipped to stop those high, high aerial attacks out of uh, the Beavers and the Cougs. Uh, you know that that Wazoo game always scares me. You know, you throw those records out; they're going to have an offense that's going to be able to score with us. Um, you know, even though we have a great defense, uh, they're going to be able to put up points in the 20s or 30s. So, uh, you know, that's going to be that's going to be a critical game. And I think I think Leach in his uh, what is third year now with Connor Halliday is also a four-year starting quarterback, three years in that same system. Uh, they're going to be they're going to put up a lot of points. And uh, you know, you finish the season with those two good quarterbacks in Mannion and Halliday, and uh, those are going to be huge games that you can't just mark down as a win because those teams are uh, you know picked to be you know in the lower half of the Pac-12 North. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do we have time to do a little Hawaii preview very briefly? Um, yeah, Huskies, yeah, definitely. Uh, why not? Uh, they're uh, favored by 15 and a half points uh, in Hawaii this week. Um, heading over to the islands over there. Um, to Oahu. A lot of turmoil. A lot of turmoil in uh, in uh, Warrior Land over there. Yeah. Uh, why don't you give us a little breakdown? Yeah, the, that AD last week said the program is uh, in danger of folding because it's taking such a loss of money. Uh, this is not an ideal way to start the season if you're uh, a football team. Uh, I, you know, of course, uh, they're recruiting. How do you recruit to a program like that? How do the players get pumped up for that? You know, what are the coaches thinking? Uh, AD's since rescinded his statement, but I mean, once it's been said, it's been said. Uh, you know, that's that's not not a great way to go into the season. Uh, they're hit, they're hit, I mean, let's talk about their team now. Uh, that's that's an interesting story. We could talk a while about that. Uh, one 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 thing I wanted to point out. I saw a really interesting uh, idea from can't remember who it was this week uh they just said that why doesn't hawaii just join the mac (laughs) which i thought was very interesting because he said so you join the mac and then you say hawaii you get to play every single one of your games at home because everybody in the mac wants to go to hawaii (laughs) we'll take it we'll take a hawaii trip it'd be it'd be a pretty big recruiting oh uh, tell me tell me you wouldn't watch toledo versus hawaii on a tuesday night war no, I I absolutely would. <laughs> Sign me I, up. I would be I'd be I'd be eating popcorn and drinking some IPAs for that one. Oh, uh, yeah. It'd be it'd be super interesting. And I mean, we all know Maction just oh, rules over everything. I'm about, uh, about I mean, that Maction, boss. <laughs> oh, I'm. I think we're all about that Maction. <laughs> but you know, I, okay. obviously, it would probably never happen. It's a total fairyland possibility. But I just wanted to bring it up just just for. Uh, Well, I I was trying to wrap this thing up, but I wanted to say something about that. I heard another hypothetical idea of why don't the the Power Five conferences, why don't they play their season as is? And then you get the non-Power Fives, the MAC, the WAC, you know, the Mountain West, uh, you know, all the little conferences, Sunbelt, and have them play their season during the spring. And so you get college football year-round. How do you feel about that? I mean... If if I could watch college football the entire year, uh, yeah. I would totally. Do yeah, that. like I, I'd <laughs> totally, you know, go to an Eastern game if it, you know, if it was during if it wasn't during a Husky game, I'd totally watch, you know, Troy versus Middle Tennessee State on you know Saturday in April uh, instead of you know watching baseball. <laughs> I mean, I think it's an interesting idea, but it's never again, it's never I mean, going to happen. Got, obviously, but it's never going to happen. Um, but, yeah. you're, they're never going to get any TV time too. 
the NBA and NHL and yeah, um, I mean, and, you know, and baseball and it's just yeah, I love other I mean, sports, it, but if, if, if there was if there were some Mac games on during uh, June, I'd definitely watch them. Probably over like the second so round. Thing is, the though, second right. round of the NBA playoffs or a Mac game, Toledo, Northern Illinois. I'm watching Toledo, Northern Illinois. <laughs> I mean, the reason why the Mac games are so interesting is because you know somebody out of the Mac has got a chance to go okay. upset somebody. That's you that's know, one a good of the point. Teams. Yeah. So if they're not going to play the bigger teams, then it kind of just defeats, defeats the purpose. Of my okay, okay. Shoot, shoot down that idea. That's fine. You're around college football. <laughs> Alex Warnicky against. Hey man. It. Hey man. <laughs> you know how I roll. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to Hawaii. I we just got rabbit holed there on uh, how college football should be. Uh, coached by Norm Chow. Uh, we mentioned this earlier. USC offensive coordinator. It's his third season there. He's four and twenty at Hawaii. Not the greatest of starts for his tenure there. He's one and eleven last year. Uh, they did have a slew of close losses. Four of them being under a touchdown. Uh, one of the worst defenses in the country. Those four hundred ninety-four yards per game. Uh, it should be should be an opportunity for this uh, offense to put up some points. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who who do you think gets more wins in their first two seasons, Norm Chow or Sonny Dykes? Ooh, so that means that that Sonny Dykes would have to have at least uh, three wins to tie this year because he had one last year. Yep, that's 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 correct. Uh, wow. Oh, I got to I got to pull up Cal's out of conference schedule. They got uh, Northwestern along with a couple other, you know, Sacramento State. So they'll get they'll get at least one F- FBS or FCS opponent. So they won't get yeah, one. Yeah, so win- they've got they've got Northwestern, Sac State, and then uh, uh, that's that's kind of embarrassing that I was able to pull out that they're playing Sacramento State in the non-conference. <laughs> yeah, and then and then they've got BYU at the end of the. Okay, so let's say they game. let's say they beat Sacramento State. Uh, they probably don't beat BYU. They might have a shot against Northwestern. Let's say one and two there, and then maybe they beat Colorado. I don't think they win more than than two three games this year. So I'd, I'd say Norm Chow in his first two years. <laughs> that's, <laughs> Sorry, we're we're going all over the place. That's in pretty this, bad. In this final part. Well, that, that tells <laughs> you that right. tells you how interesting Hawaii is as, as an opponent to preview. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're not they're not too good. This really shouldn't be. Too much of a threat for the Huskies. Uh, one other note, interesting, uh, Taz Stevenson uh, started a safety for us or played safety for us uh, a couple years ago. He transferred uh, to Hawaii uh, after not seeing much time behind Sean Parker, who was going to be uh, missed in the secondary this year for us. But uh, he's, he's going to be starting at safety for uh, Hawaii. So former Husky going up against his uh, ex-team. Uh, ultimately, I think uh, we should, should roll, uh, cover that 15-point spread. I think uh, I'm going to lock it up. Huskies 38, Hawaii 13, uh, as Chris Peterson gets his first win as a Husky coach. Yep, I'm right there with you. Uh, This should be an easy win. Uh, If they go out and lay some sort of egg over there, then we've got some serious issues to talk about Mm -hmm. uh, next week on the podcast. But um, I I agree. I think they're going to beat the spread. I think they're going to beat the spread handily. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, the Huskies keep uh, Hawaii under 10 points. So I'm going to go Dogs 35, uh, Warriors 7. 35 to 7. I like it, War. Um, what, you got any plans for the plans for the ball game this Saturday? Oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably just going to kind of kick it at home. Um, I'm heading out to Oakland on Thursday to uh, watch the Seahawks play their uh, final preseason oh, game. Nice. Uh, just, just locked up tickets for that one. Um, I'm probably just going to park myself in front of the TV, uh, watch a day's worth of college football, and then uh, dogs are the nightcap. So uh, should be should be watching that. Uh, we'll be tweeting. We'll be fa- posting on Facebook. Um, feel free to send us any comments. Again, the uh, Twitter handle is at Sports with Teeth. You can hit us up at sportswithteeth at gmail.com or at Facebook. Just search the Sports with Teeth podcast. And as always, find us on sportswithteeth.com or uh, you can find us on iTunes by searching for the Sports with Teeth podcast. Uh, pretty simple. Listen, tell your friends, tell your relatives, tell your uh, tell your fellow dogs yep. to uh, get in here. It's going to be a great season, Kyle. It really is. I'm going to be up in Canada for this game. Uh, I'm going to be streaming it, so hopefully pray to God that we get a good Wi-Fi connection uh, in Banff National Ooh. Park up there. So that's, I'm, yeah, my dad planned this vacation, and he was not thinking about the uh, the college football season at all. So it's going to be gorgeous up there in God's country. But, uh, yeah, we're gonna have, I've, been, uh, I've been working on uh, streaming 
college football stuff. So I'm going to be watching it on the computer. Probably have to rewatch it at home on the uh, for the podcast. We'll be back then. But uh, yeah, great to talk to you tonight. Uh, great podcast. We got everything from uh, you know Sonny Dykes, uh, how many wins he's going to have to. Uh, rabies advice to what you should do in an earthquake <laughs> to uh, beers from Colorado and Vermont. So great, uh, great night tonight, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week, and we'll be recapping week one of the college football season. Always good, Kyle. See you next week. All right. Cheers. This has been the Sports with Teeth podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening, and until next time, adios, amigos.